My name is Summer. And my name is Nicole. And we are financial advisors. This is the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. We have worked with many widows during our careers. Although we are not widows, we see the need for solid financial education before and after losing a spouse. We do this by telling stories from widows and our own lives. Welcome back to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. Uh, I'm Nicole. And I'm Summer. And um, we're going to talk about Social Security again today. This is part two of our Social Security kind of series. So make sure you go back and listen to part one. It's more general about Social Security. Today, we're going to talk about survivor benefits. But before we dive into this complex topic, Summer, how, how are things going? You just moved, right? Yes, I just moved into my in-laws home. Me and my husband are going to live there for the summer before we move elsewhere. And it has been great to have a dishwasher. We were living in an apartment before this with no dishwasher. To have a dishwasher and just a nice bathroom. And it's just nicer than an apartment. I have like a big living area. It's just nice. So I haven't been, lived in a home in a while since I've gotten married. So it's been really nice. And I'm enjoying that aspect of it at least. So Yeah. And how is it living with in-laws? They're great. I really can't complain. Um, great people. They are so generous. My mother-in-law is going out to dinner tonight with some friends and she said, oh, I made you guys something that you can heat up when you get home from work. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> That's so nice. That is really nice. So how are you doing? How's the baby? She Nicole's pregnant. So yeah, great. Everything's looks great. I'm in like the honeymoon period of the second trimester, like the first trimester, you're really, I was really sick and really tired. And second trimester, I feel great. I went snowboarding last week. Oh, yeah. Um, we got some good snow here. I know we're snow's continuing forever here in Utah. So I, yeah, it was one of the best days I've, ever, I've had in a long time. And it was like sunny and yeah, it was really awesome. And so, yeah, I've been feeling really good. And, but now things are getting slightly uncomfortable as I move into the third trimester and I'm like a short-waisted person. So I have very limited space between my ribs and my hip. And <laughs> man, this baby's already like taking up too much room and there's not room for anything else. She was just complaining. I'm having a hard time like taking deep breaths because yeah. he's right under her ribs. So yeah, sorry if I sound really breathy on these episodes. <laughs> She has a good excuse, at least. So like Nicole mentioned, we're going to be talking about Social Security survivor benefits today and really help widows in particular understand Social Security and what it might look like for them. So we're first going to start with a story about a couple clients. We're going to change a couple details and names for their privacy so our clients, uh, Maddie and John, were married for 30 years when John died suddenly of a heart attack. Maddie had been working as a school teacher at that time when she lost her husband, and they had three children together who they raised and were out of the home at the time of John's death. So now Maddie is in her 50s and she continues to work as a school teacher as she goes through this terrible loss. And as she's getting nearer to retirement, we started looking at what she would be eligible to receive for Social Security. 
And as we were looking at these, uh, at her numbers, what, what she might be eligible for, we realized that because John had a long career as a doctor, he had a very high social security benefit. And Maddie had worked uh, for about 15 years as a school teacher after raising their children. And so her benefit was much lower. It was about $1,000 a month. Because John had worked a long career as a doctor, he had a much higher benefit than her. And so as we were looking at her options, we realized that she would qualify for the survivor benefit and she would be able to take John's full retirement benefit of $3,000 when she retired. So that is applicable to all widows who lost their spouse. And if you've been married for longer than nine months, you can have access or claim on your spouse's husband or wife full retirement benefit after they die. Yeah. And so we talked in the last episode about timing of Social Security that if you take your benefits early, they can be reduced. This also applies to survivor benefits. So for Maddie, she is in her late 50s. She's thinking about retirement and she can start taking her survivor benefit at 60. So this differs. Normally you can't take Social Security till 62, but as a survivor, you can actually start at 60. Now, she hasn't been able to get anything. You know, he died when she was about 56. So there's four years where she doesn't get anything. At 60, though, she could start claiming his benefit, but it's going to be reduced. Um, If she waits until her full retirement age, 67, then she can get 100%, the full $3,000. If she waits past 67, so when we talked in the last episode, you can wait until 70 and grow your benefits you cannot grow the survivor benefit. There's no reason for her to wait till after 67. Yep. Just take it when it's his full retirement age, like we mentioned in the last episode. And by the way, if anyone's confused when we're saying 3,000, we mean 3,000 monthly. That's not the whole benefit. It's a month. I hope that's clear to everyone. Yeah. And so then another strategy though she could consider is that she could start taking her own benefit and then switch Um, to the survivor benefit or vice versa. She could take the survivor benefit and then switch to her own benefit and let hers grow. So um, when we looked at the options for her, it was better because his benefit is a lot higher than hers to let his grow. Um, And so she actually is trying to decide if she wants to retire right at 60. She kind of likes being busy and not staying at home. But some days, you know, school teacher, she really would like to retire. (laughs) So she's debating if maybe she works till 62 and then she could take her own benefit 62. Again, take the survivor benefit 60, but you can only take your own benefit 62. So she's going to wait on his, take her, she's thinking, take her reduced benefit 62. And then when she turns 67, switch over to his now higher benefit that's grown. Um, We had an interview with Deb, um, that's been published. And in her, her scenario, her benefit was quite high. And because you can wait until 70 and keep growing yours all the way till 70, she chose to take her late husband's benefit, let it keep growing. And then, um, or sorry, take her late husband's benefit when she needed it. And then keep hers growing. And then at 70, she's going to switch over to her now much larger benefit. Yeah. So it depends on who has the higher benefit, what you might want to do. 
Right. And so, yeah, you can look at that again, really helpful to have a professional look at that with you. This is confusing. If you got confused between 60, 62, 67, (laughs) widows have an extra layer of complexity. Really, they do. Because like Nicole said, you can take your own benefit at 62, but you can take a widow's benefit your husband's benefit at 60 if you wanted a reduced. Um, So it's just interesting. The rules are a little bit different and tweaked. And so that's good to understand. Another thing we need to touch on is that our client Maddie, in order to qualify to receive the widow benefit, she could not remarry until the age of 60. After 60, she can and still claim John's benefit, if that makes sense. So if she remarries at 58, she now can only qualify for her new husband's benefit. So that's good to keep in mind is if you're considering getting remarried, that could affect what social security you might be able to claim and on who who's your new spouse or your uh, deceased spouse. Yeah. If you're in your 40s, you probably just say get married. But we've had uh, this scenario has come up where Um, we had a widow who met her husband at about 58 and she made the decision to wait until after 60 to marry um, her second husband because her first husband's social security benefit was much higher than her um, her next husband. And so they waited till after 60 so she could still qualify for her late husband's survivor benefit. So it definitely has come up, a little more rare, but something to keep in mind uh, if you're considering remarriage. Yeah, and if you get divorced, let's say in your 40s you did, you know, you lost your husband and you remarried and then later you divorced your second husband or let's say heaven forbid he died, then... um, you actually can choose, well, or whichever person's is higher. Yeah, whichever spouse you've had, whichever benefits higher, you could look at that. So kind of interesting options as you get into multiple marriages, but that's something to keep in mind. So in the case of Maddie, she couldn't get any benefit until she turned 60. Now, this is different if she would have had dependents. So we had a guest on our podcast named Audrey, and she lost her husband at very young, in her early 30s, and she had two children. So Audrey was eligible to receive a benefit for herself, and each of her kids are eligible for their own benefit at the passing of her spouse. Now, there's a couple of things we want to talk first about her benefit. So if you have dependents in the home, the government says, okay, we want to give you some social security now to help you raise your kids. But if you are working, you cannot earn more than a certain amount, which is about 21,000, a little bit more than 21,000 in 2023. So you can't earn more than that. And if you do, we will reduce the amount of social security that we provide to you. So that's something to keep in mind if you have dependents and you're going to continue working, your social security benefit may be affected like Audrey's was. She made too much. And so she didn't, she actually was completely phased out of receiving any benefit at one point. Yeah. And for every person needs to make their own decision because it can be pretty important to maintain a job, uh, like to, to get health insurance and other benefits. And then also your what you can make from a job may be more than you're getting from Social Security to help support your family. Because uh, the amount is 75% of your deceased spouse's full retirement age amount. So if, um, you're, if 
let's say, let's go back to John and Maddie. If John's benefit is $2,000 or $3,000, and if Maddie still had kids in the home, she could get 75% of the $3,000 for herself. Yeah. So you definitely need to consider, you know, how much would my benefit be and how much would I earn for my job and kind of look at the pros and cons of, of those two things. Yeah. And then just, you know, your benefit stops when your kids turn 16. Yeah. So if you have children in the home, when they turn 16, your benefit ends, you can no longer collect survivor benefits until you turn 60 again. So if you have three kids, Let's say three kids, and when the youngest turns 16, your benefit turns off. Completely. So something you need to plan for is having that loss of income and considering, you know, what should you do next? Should you work? What what options do you have? Now, another thing to keep in mind is your benefit is taxable to you. It is your benefit as a widow and it will show up on your taxes. We mentioned that if you have dependents, they receive their own benefit and they too have an earnings test. Although most kids don't ever have to worry about making more than $21,000 in a year. If you have like a YouTube star or something, maybe that's a concern. And their benefits continue until they're age 18 or 19 or 19 if they haven't graduated from high school. And they also get 75% of, let's say, their dad's benefit. Yeah. So so they are qualified for that. And that benefit is taxable to them, which hopefully means that it won't be taxed very much at all since they make so little money. But that will that's a good differentiator because in the case of our guest, Audrey, she mentioned that her children, she was counting their social security on her own taxes. That could be a common mistake if you think, oh, you know, this income comes into my bank account and I'm helping to provide for my kids. Therefore, it's my income. It is not. It is separate completely. Um, so the other children who are eligible to get um, benefits are children who are disabled. So if a child has a disability that started before age 22, they actually can continue to receive 75% survivor benefits for the rest of their life. And as a caretaker, so if you as a parent are taking care of them, your benefit will also continue as long as you're taking care of them. And so, um, then in that case, your benefit would not stop at their age 16. It would continue on. Yeah. So we have a client whose husband passed away and she has a disabled child. And so she's able to collect a benefit for her disabled child and then on her herself as a caretaker, even though um, her child is over the age of 18. So that could apply to you if you have a child with a disability that was declared before their age 22. So if that is your situation, definitely something to look into and see what you may be eligible for. We also want to touch on something called the family limit. So this applies to the Social Security Administration sets a cap on how much, how yeah, how much benefit you can receive as, as a family. A, yeah. So they say, you know, you can't receive more than X amount. Yeah, the limit is one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty percent of the deceased full retirement amount, depending on how many people are in your family. So if, um, you know. Let's say John, let's use John again. He's getting three thousand on as his full retirement amount. Then, and there's two kids. 
the family can get up to $4,500. Did I do my math Yeah, right? you did. Okay. So, so they could get up to the $4,500 total as a family. And they can't get any more than that. So if you have seven, eight kids, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to be rolling in the social security because I have all these kids. They cap you at a certain amount that depends on your earnings or what your husband earned or husband or wife earned. Yes. So again, these are completely separate benefits. That's something to keep in mind. I know it's confusing. Widows benefits are their own baby and dependents benefits are their own thing. So separate, tax separately, that sort of thing. Keep that in mind. Different ages of when it stops. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So when you, your husband or wife passes away, um, you will receive a death benefit first. So that comes and right now the amount is a whopping $255 death benefit if your spouse passes away. We were joking because we've heard widows joke about this, like, oh, what did you spend your 255 on? <laughs> it's just not very much. It hasn't really been adjusted for inflation since the social security system was created like 100 years ago or something like that. 1930s. Yeah, 90 years ago. So really hasn't adjusted. So it's not, not a very generous benefit, but that will be paid out first um, as a survivor of, of a deceased spouse. And then, of course, depending on whether or not you have dependents or you're still single, the amount that you would actually receive from Social Security varies and it may not be able, you may not be able to collect until you're age 60. So that kind of depends on your situation. But know about the death benefit that that will come and probably won't make much of a difference. You may not even notice it come into your account, honestly. Yeah, let's talk about some like just different scenarios. So uh, one question might be, do I qualify for survivor benefits? Because neither of us have really paid into Social Security. This might apply if you had a really young couple who were going to school and never really worked much. And then he died. And maybe yeah, we've seen it. We have one young child still. If he hasn't paid into Social Security, can she still get survivor benefits in her child? And the answer is probably yes. It's actually a very small amount you needed to have paid in for to Social Security for survivor benefits, and it's dependent on your age. So the younger you are, the less you needed to have worked. Yeah, these are exceptions because usually you need to work 10 years to be able to qualify for Social Security benefits. But in this case, they don't want to penalize someone who died really young and who would have worked. So they may provide something. So mm -hmm. that's kind of why it is that way, I think at least. Yeah. Um, the other scenario is if you're divorced. So we talked about divorced um, benefits in our last episode where you still are eligible to get half of your ex-spouse's benefit if you've been married for 10 years. Um, if So what happens if they die? Um, it's, it's very interesting. It's as though you are a regular survivor pretty much you get a hundred percent now. So I had a social security seminar I taught and I had a bunch of ladies on the front row who were all divorced and they were like, wait a minute. So you're telling me that right now I can get half of my exes, but if he dies, I can then get a hundred percent. And I was like, yes. And they're like, well, that's big incentive for me to go and murder him. And I'm like, well, please don't. And they were just joking, having a good time. Ladies night out at the social security seminar. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a very interesting, weird caveat that if your ex dies, you are now qualified for survivor benefits. If you are married for 10 years and you are not remarried. Yeah, those two things have to be true. 
it's kind of funny how the divorce situation is similar to a widow um, in some ways. There's some things that are different. For widows, you can claim benefits at 60. And if you're divorced, you cannot claim until 62. But besides that, they seem fairly similar in some ways. So kind of an interesting yeah. thing and, to know. And again, it doesn't affect benefits to another spouse. So if he had three wives, all three wives can get full survivor benefits. Right. Okay, in our previous episode on Social Security, we talked about these two caveats to Social Security benefits, but we want to touch on them again because they do apply to widows. The first is called the WEP, the Windfall Elimination Provision. And this basically affects people who uh, worked for a nonprofit organization, worked maybe outside the country for some time, and then later moved to the United States. The Social Security Administration will say, hey, you don't have 30 years. That's their their uh, guideline, 30 years of substantial earnings. And so you may have a reduced benefit. And this would include widows because if your your husband or your wife who were was working um, passed away and they worked for a nonprofit organization or had this WEP apply to them, then it will affect your benefit. So that's something to be aware of, especially if they worked for the government or a nonprofit or you knew that they didn't pay into Social Security, essentially, at some point, then this may affect you. Yeah, and one crazy thing about this is it doesn't say on the Social Security statement. You'll get your Social Security statement that says, oh, you get $3,000, but that may not be the case if you have the WEP applying to you. And it won't say anywhere on there. Yeah, it looks totally normal. It doesn't say, oh, but you... <laughs> it's like, yeah, you didn't pay into Social Security, you don't get this amount. So you just have to be aware that that could affect you. It can affect your survivor benefits, your spousal benefits. So it... it all your social security benefits are affected by this. Yeah. So that's something to consider if you know that your spouse did not pay into social security or you did not pay into social security at some point during, during your career. The second uh, caveat and possible reduction to social security is called the GPO. It stands for government pension offset. And this it, um, applies if you or your spouse are receiving a pension from the federal government and you didn't, you or your spouse did not pay into Social Security while working for the government or uh, associated entity. So that could apply. We've seen this apply to like firefighter, we mentioned in the previous episode. But basically, if you're getting a pension, the government says, hey, we're already paying you out from our pension system. We're going to reduce what we give you from Social Security. And again, this is for people who did not pay into Social Security. So if that applies to you, then you can use a calculator on the Social Security website to see how much of a benefit you would receive. And we'll link that calculator in the show notes. But it can apply to you as a widow, even if you were the one paying into Social Security. So just beware of that. Another issue that affects widows is called the RIB limb. It stands for Retirement Income Benefit Limit. <laughs> or another thing, a nickname for it is called the Widow's Limit. So this, this affects some planning that goes into Social Security. So if your late spouse started taking Social Security early, so let's say you retired at 62 and he immediately started taking his Social Security, it has now been reduced. Um, and let's just say you were a lot younger than he was. And so then when he dies, you decide you want to wait on Social Security. You go back to work 
and you're going to wait until your full six, your full retirement age at 67 to take the survivor benefit to grow it as much as possible. Well, guess what? You're not going to get that full benefit because he started taking it early. The government is going to penalize you and you the most you can ever get is 82 and a half percent of his full retirement age if he started his benefit before full retirement. So something to be aware of, if your spouse took their, started taking Social Security early, you may be, well, you likely, you will be subject to this limit. So it may not be in your best interest to wait till 67. Maybe you should take it at 64 because of that cap. Absolutely. So these are things, these issues of deciding when to take, this is what we do as financial advisors, we recommend you find a good advisor to help you with these navigate these decisions because they can be complicated and hard to understand when to take your benefit. And you want to find someone who's well-versed because there is so much complexity and going into it, like the widow's limit. I actually have done a lot of research into Social Security and I didn't know about this for many years because it's rarely talked about. Um, I kind of found it as like a, offhanded um, comment on the social security website. And I was like, wait, what is this 82 and a half percent cap? And then I had to go research it. So it definitely pays to have someone who knows their stuff. When you're trying to research your own stuff about social security, some things to be aware about is we've had people tell us that they call into the social security administration and get wrong information. And it is a very complex program. And even some of the employees there don't fully understand all of the benefits. So sometimes you have to be your own advocate. And there are, the Social Security website has a lot of really good information, but it doesn't always cover complex issues. And you often have to go to different websites to find answers to some of your questions because it's not well explained on Social Security's website. Yeah, we had a client who was widowed recently, and we were trying to find out how much Social Security she would be entitled to. And you they like lock your deceased spouse's social security. So you can't log in and see their information on the social security website. And you so can only see your own information. You can only see your own information. And if you're planning to take half of your spouse's benefit, for example, and you'd like to know how much that will be, you have to call them. And I, yeah, we learned that. I learned that um, when I called the social security administration with my widowed client and we just got the numbers over the phone and I thought oh my gosh this system you know that it just hasn't quite caught up with technology yet in some ways so just be aware that some of this information is not easy to find unfortunately and you may have to make a call to social security however if you'd like to see what you qualify for you can log in to ssa.gov and create an account and log in and see what benefits you might be eligible for although it likely won't display what your spouse spousal benefit would be. Yeah. I, I always tell people like, uh, at least try and save, you know, if your, your husband dies, try and find an old social security statement and bring it into us. And we can start there. Yeah. get We could get a ballpark of kind of what you'd be eligible for. So how should you apply? Um, you can apply by calling the social security administration um, if it's a, it's a more straightforward application, you can do it online. I believe, though, for applying for survivor benefits, you do need to call, especially if you have dependents. And if they need you to come in, they'll let you know. But I would start with calling and making an appointment. Yeah. If you're already um, claiming Social Security, 
it, when you report the death to Social Security, they should automatically switch you over to your survivor benefits to whatever is higher. But it's good to pay attention and make sure that happens. Yeah. So we hope this podcast episode was helpful, especially to our widowed audience. And we hope that you might be able to take a look at your situation and evaluate who might be able to help you navigate this challenging topic um, in your life, whether that be a financial professional or someone that you could re- really trust and help you navigate this as you're going through so much at this point in time. So hope that's helpful and that you can log on and check out your own benefits, and hopefully figure out a little bit more about your spouses. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to know more about us and what we do, visit our website, rockhousefinancial.com. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.